Hello, welcome to episode number 296 of the Apple Lab Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you by AXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins for your digital audio workstation. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. Click the link in the description for more information. Everybody, thanks for shopping on Amazon. I really appreciate it. You can click on the hyperlink in the description of this podcast or go to appalock.ca and click on the banner located on the right side. Bookmark those links, and every time you shop on Amazon, use the links to shop and support the show. It costs you no extra money. Support my work on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. I've been kind of ignoring the Patreon thing for, I'm, I apologize. I'll add stuff to it, but go to patreon.com slash It's a cool thing. Uh, Apologue.ca slash shop, buy a t-shirt, buy uh, some music there too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the show on iTunes, please. Give it five stars. Like and share on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod. And follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have Lisa McEwen. Lisa McEwen is a singer-songwriter. She has performed all over the place. She has been writing songs pretty much her whole life. She's uh, been to Nashville recording. She's presently working on a music and wellness course. I will uh, have all that information in the description where music actually does heal. It does work. We talk a little bit about that. Lisa is a returning guest to the show. I think she was on about four or five years ago. A joy and a pleasure to speak to, ladies and gentlemen, Lisa McEwen on the Apologue Podcast. It's been, I don't remember how long last time you were on the show. I think it was four years ago? At least, I want to say four or five years ago. Yep. What's been happening? Yeah, I guess a lot. Uh, oh my gosh, trying to think. Four or five years ago, so I've had another baby. I have three kids now. Wow. That's been, uh, that's been fun. Um, oh my gosh, what else? Creating a lot of new music. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it goes in lulls, you know? Um, yeah. But definitely, I'm like I'm on this uh, I'm on this making music train. So, and you know what else? I've been doing some music and mindfulness. So, oh, uh, wow. lots to talk about. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I worked with a lady. Um, oh gosh, in, in when I was in my late teens, and she did um, hip music that would actually you could make yourself stronger or weaker. Like there was a type of uh, hand rhythmic clap things like she was a, maybe that or she was a hypnosis uh, expert yep. because there was a a definite like if she clapped a certain way and you hold your hands out she would she'd slap them down and then she'd clap a different way and then she could like you 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 know what I mean and it could just yep. be all the power of the mind but or yep. suggestive but right. uh, talk a little bit about that because that's that's exciting that's interesting I love that stuff Awesome. I'm so glad to hear you love that stuff because you know what's so crazy is like I've always been into the personal development, uh, the power of the mind thing, and then I've always done music. And so for years, 
they would weave in and out or just depending on life, I was like lots of music and then, oh, I'll take a step back. And then all of a sudden my brain is wrapped up in like studying the mind stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So recently, especially I guess with this whole um, isolation, staying home thing. What? You're doing that? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know that sort of thing? I never heard of it. Right, which I'm sure a lot of your guests didn't talk about all the things they've kind of discovered as they've been home and had that time to yeah. reflect. Right? I can count so, on one hand, two fingers, actually, how many times it hasn't come up. Hasn't come up, exactly. <laughs> very life-altering for everyone. Right? Absolutely, so, for sure. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no. So like, so I was trying to think back in the spring, it was like, okay, whoa, let's, let's take a look at everything. And long story short, I realized what on earth, like music and all the mindfulness, like I, they have helped me so much. They complement each other. I need to bring this to the world. And I couldn't quite figure it out. And things kind of fell into place in the fall. So basically, I've been doing all these different techniques to get my music to the next level. I go inward to get the best songs I can. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a really big transformational sort of period over the summer. And so then I realized I want to I want to bring this to people because um, I, I, everyone's sort of talking about the outer surface stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's how you write a chorus and here's how you use your programming to produce a great song. You know, let me teach you production. Uh, and, and here's the best, um, what do you, songwriting networks to be plugged in and you know, that sort of thing. But it's like, who's sitting there talking about where's this all coming from and how do I tap into that more? Mm-hmm. So that's what I, want to be doing that's what i'm trying to bring to people yeah yeah well what you're saying when it's sort of like all the techniques on how to make a song popular i think the rule book and the the playing field gets changed like every day it seems like that that you know well at least in decades where you'll go and say oh this is now we have a a team uh, back in the 80s a team of people in the 90s it was like diy and then 2000s it turned back into sort of like crazy download every sphere of downloads and then like everything seems to sort of like how to become a popular musician it seems like it's always um a shifting shifting landscape yes and you know what's so cool too is i've been really meeting some interesting people uh well you know us creatives are always interesting people shall we say (laughs) uh you know and there's some people who are really uh, they have their mind made up on how they want to write a song. Like I'll say, you know, what, why did you shorten that? That verse has taken quite a while to get to your chorus. You want your chorus to be a little more hooky. So I give this advice and they kind of go, yeah, I'm going to stick to how I do it. And what I'm trying to say with what I'd like, what I'm working on bringing to people mm-hmm. is that go ahead and keep the way you, if that works for you, that's the whole thing. If this works for you and this feels good, and this truly is you getting to the, you know, the nitty gritty of what you want to bring to your music, by all means, keep that chorus 10 minutes long. I mean, there's a difference between do you want to do this commercially or not? And that's a other, another thing that I'm going to also, you know, be bringing with my program is using this with the industry. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, like you say, times are always changing. There's always something new to be learning in that respect. But it's up to you really if you want to um, tap into that part or not, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. I I like what you said about how it doesn't matter. Like structure doesn't really matter anymore because there's no con- confines of a CD or a rec. Well, there was records, but that's a whole other story. But there's no confines of limit. Like if you want to put, um, like even just with TV, if I want to make my episode thirty-two minutes, I can do that because there's no there's no constraints. So therefore, if I want to put a record out, 
It doesn't matter how long or short it is. You know, there's right. no confines of what it is. So a lot of people can use that to their advantage to create something that stretches beyond what the norm is and maybe perhaps push it into a new norm or a new type mm -hmm. of like structure where nobody's worried about stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, and is it, why are you creating it? I mean, maybe you're creating it because you have this audience that loves 10 minute songs. Yeah. So that's why you're doing it. But what if you're creating it for sync? So there's people who, for example, I've taken a sync course. And so it's like, all right, so-and-so, let's just example, Fox is looking for a song with this theme, right? And so let's, let's, let's write a song to pitch to it. You can know all of those fundamental things and go to sit down and write it. But if you can't make that magic happen from the inside out, mm -hmm. it, it might still work. You can still push your way through. Yeah. But there is that element, right, where you can know the structures of things of people, what people want. Um, but then you got to bring your flair to it, right? And yeah, you know, I think that's where you know musical taste it comes with age, where people are not just into heavy metal anymore. People aren't just into punk rock anymore. There, people are easy listening. People who are musicians who are good at what they do, it doesn't really matter what kind of music that they're creating, as long as it's something that it comes from them that is good. Like I know. A friend of mine who wanted to be in this band, and he wrote like 10 songs that sounded like the band. And he'd never even considered being anything close to, like his musical style was so far from it, but he wanted to be in the band, so he wrote like 10 songs. So funny. But that's just a good musician. But that's with age. You know what I mean? These are things that sort of like, you couldn't ask a 19-year-old kid who, you know, well, maybe you could now, but to say, oh, write a song that sounds like early cream uh, with a touch, uh, but don't make it an Eric Clapton song. You know what I mean? Like right, some of them right. go, what? You know, and that would that would freak people out. Right. Um, actually, one thing I've noticed too about genres and, and styles of music, there's no real boundaries, ba like barriers anymore of like what, you know, I have a 17 year old and he just listens to everything and there's no like, I'm a this kid. There, there yeah. used to be metlers and punkers and mods and rockers. And totally. now it's like, I like hip hop. I like country. I like, crazy weird japanese you know tv theme songs it's yeah. like it seems like it seems like a new age to me when it comes to yep. musical styles yep you can it's like you can fit fit in anywhere and then there's also so many different options too for your music right yeah. with the internet you're not just relying on the rock radio station yeah. to play your song in order for yourself to make a fan base create a fan base and, and earn a living right yeah yeah. Do you still listen to the radio? That's a great question. Ah, <laughs> uh, I do in the car, but I also uh, podcasts. I love podcasts. Yeah. So the only time I do really listen, I guess, to the radio would be in the car. But yeah, I mean, like radio, yeah. radio, like celestial radio, where there's the guy who does traffic, weathers, and sports, and news coming up at the top <gasps> really? of the hour. Like that's that's... old school radio. Yeah. I listened to a lot of talk radio when I did, but I got off radio so fast. Like, and unfortunately, well, I mean, I had satellite and now I don't have satellite, but now all I have is my phone and whatever I got on my phone now because I tried radio. I tried like the edge and even Indie 88 or whatever that I just, I couldn't do it. Couldn't live with the format. Like, hey, we're going to listen to two songs. We're going to do three minutes of commercials. And then we're going to talk about the weather, yeah. traffic, and sports. And then three yeah. more, two more songs, you know. Well, it's amazing how much don't you think podcasts have changed things too? Because oh, yeah. right away, I love talk radio too. Yeah. So funny when you say I I do um I did enjoy it, but then when podcasts came, it was like wow, I can search any topic I want and listen yeah. as I want. Sure, there's commercials, yeah. yeah, but 
Um, and how cool too, people put all this music on podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for the better part, podcast has taken over for, for talk radio, but it's like on demand. So like if I want to, if I want to learn about basket weaving from Northern Russia, uh, there's a podcast for that, that totally. deals with that. I'm sure anybody could go search that now it's in Russian, but, you know, <laughs> but it's I like, I'm sure there's a podcast on every single aspect of everything. I'm sure now they have like the genres of podcasting that now have just, I think they had sub like three sub genres now per genre. And it's like, yeah, it, it is a revolution of of basically not just listening, but but speaking. Like you know, so ones, you know, when you have it, it, it is cream rises to the top. You know, for sure. You know, it's it is still sort of a little bit. The, the algorithm isn't fully YouTubed, where it's like you know, it, it it still is. If you good do good podcasts, people will listen. They'll 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 listen to it and they'll hang on to it. You know trouble is it's tough it's tough to do it's tough to hang on to people yes that's right so there is so many more options therefore our attention span is like oh that's not working for me on to the next you're right so yeah the yin and the yang yeah like when joe rogan moved over to spotify i'm like you're putting you're putting advertising i pay for spotify and now i gotta listen to advertising on a joe rogan podcast that's three hours long and he prides prided himself for not doing like spots in the middle of his of his thing and now spotify has done that for him you know Mm, it's literally in the name (laughs) and uh, i can't do it i can't do it and the other thing my walking app it shuts off every time the uh my my count like you know it usually gives you like your stat it switches off it pauses spotify but doesn't replay it so that's like a double whammy i'm like i i'm done with unfortunately with that joe interesting so he's only on spotify yeah well he does like highlights on itunes like just to get people over to yeah he signed a 30 million dollar deal with spotify okay so this is making sense the whole advertisement in the middle okay yeah, money like, talks like stern right stern on satellite you know where you you pay for satellite but you still get you would still get advertising on howard stern's channel right. yeah yeah Crazy. yeah so so that's so you've started a course that's sort of tra- tra- teaching people or training people on how to interact in these days and times exactly um so i just teach uh, not just, I teach techniques, right? Intuitive mm-hmm. songwriting, basically some back pocket techniques so that you can center yourself and align with the songwriting person that you want to be, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's in the works. I do have a free tutorial of an example of uh, one of the sessions that I do. So if people want to check it out, that's at musicandmindfulness.co. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can get some more info on that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess the we've talked a little bit about it, but what, so you've been, you've been everybody's hunkered down now, and it seems like I'm not sure when live music's coming back, and right, and there's no idea. Have you, you know, what do you think about the streaming of live shows, and what's your what's your feeling mm-hmm. on it? You know, there's nothing I guess that can really uh, replace that the energy you feel when you're at a live show. I understand that. But what's been really interesting for me is, you know, having a family and being home with my kids, I've totally embraced the playing the live stream. Now I'm not at this point. I know a lot of people do Twitch. You guys are mm-hmm. and they're consistent and a few times a week for a couple hours at a time. I'm talking more like I'll do an Instagram and Facebook concert. Yeah. Um, and I love it because I'm in, I got my setup. 
I am comfortable and I can do it. And then people can kind of hop on, hop off if they want. So there, you know, definitely no replacement, but it's been an interesting, you know, it's been kind of neat how that's evolved, I guess you could say. Well, yeah. I'm sure it'll come back around, but at the same time, I think there's going to be that whole new thing of like, nah, just stay home and watch my favorite artist. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel that streaming is the big compromise, you know, and and obviously like what you said, there is nothing like the live experience of being there in crowds. And I say this now because it takes, you know, I would like a pre pandemic is like, Hey, my band's playing down at Lee's palace. Do you want to come down and see us play? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Really, it's a bit of a drive and there's a lot of people and I don't know, but he's got a park and stuff. And, and now I go to a hundred of them right now, like I know, right? <laughs> in a heartbeat, you know. But exactly. it doesn't matter how far it is. I will. Drive. I will go there. What are you doing? I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm actually doing origami. Oh yeah, I come see that live. That that sounds like a fun, fun time. <laughs> so I'll do. True. I'll come. Um, yeah, I feel that live streaming. I'm, I don't know if it's going to happen this time around, but somebody's going to have to reinvent it. Like somebody's going to have to change the landscape, how it works, what your expectations are. Um, Because at this point, our expectations are very low. So somebody can do something, and that's like a a very big gesture. But that gets tired, you know what I mean? It it does get tired after a while. Somebody's, you know, like, unfortunately, it's going to be big business is going to kind of jump on it and try to reinvent it somehow, and they're going to screw everything up. But it, but there's got to be some sort of like you know um, there was a musical revolution in the '60s there was you know what I mean there's all sorts of weird revol art, art and cultural revolutions we haven't hit it with streaming yet no you're right but it's coming I hope so hope huh. soon and I don't know if the technology hasn't caught up yet or if um, people aren't thinking big enough. Like what do you what do you sort of see? What do you foresee? I don't know, man. I can kind of see like it's. I said, man, because I know I'm going to get into some really hippy trippy kind of like. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel you know. I think a lot of virtual reality and augmented reality is going to be what people are going to have to start. We're behind at that. You know what I mean? There's there's yeah. people with Oculus Rift headsets, and you can interact yeah, with other people, and you can see how things work. Unfortunately, the age group of people and it's not there yet. And the other thing is technology is, I don't know if it's there. If it's there, please tell me where I can sit in my Oculus Rift in my living room. And so can my wife and we can watch the same thing because it seems like that virtual is a very um, personal item. Yeah. And you can't like group watch something or, you know, you can go to a concert and you can see your friend. I know there's ways of doing that within it's called venues. Facebook has it, but it's not, I don't know if the technology is fast enough to make it enjoyable. And I know a lot of people don't like having things put on their face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a big, it's a whole different experience. Yeah. Claustrophobia kind of thing. And are we going to get a holodeck? Is that what's going to make things? The interaction part, like if we're not going to go out and interact with other people, it somehow needs to get flipped on its head. to So how people can do it. You know, whether it be yeah. a secret society or somehow then branches out into like the masses where somebody nails it, figures it out. Yeah. Because nobody's going to go out and spend a thousand dollars on something they'll watch like twice, you know? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. What yeah it, like, I hope. Cause it, it, I don't know. It seems like, yeah, it seems like when you sit on your laptop and you watch your favorite band play live streamed, 
it's not all there. Half baked. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that's something you could work on and get back to me. Yeah, just go and revolutionize how people live stream, and then we'll uh, we'll talk yeah. about how it's done. That'd be great if it did, because then we sit it right here. It's actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah no i'll stick to the old songwriting i think yeah. uh and singing of course but yeah yeah, yeah. so you do yeah. A, you do a, an instagram live uh is that weekly or is that no i just honestly i've done it maybe once a month yeah and people hop on and, and really enjoy it and i'll do like a saturday night people can have their fun their drinks whatever and yeah. comment and uh you always lately been putting up a tip jar so you is know, it working Right, uh, yeah. slowly, slowly getting yeah. there, you yeah. know. Drop yeah. those little hints in there to yeah. everybody, because yeah, I mean, this was you know, it was your living or whatever. So yeah, absolutely. The tips, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and actually, I recorded and released two singles this year, so th I really feel like I've really done uh, done a lot creatively this year. Yeah, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, sorry, I was gonna say one more thing about what. Okay, so because of again with the lockdown. I used to think, okay, I'm going to record. And then, so when I get time to travel to Nashville and record, I'll do that. When I have time to go to LA and talk with this producer, that's when I'll record. Well, it dawned on me, like, I don't have to do that. Or I, I guess I was seeing things, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on Instagram, Facebook, like so-and-so produced, you know, and they live far apart. And I thought, well, why, what am I waiting for? I'm just going to, so I recorded my first single. I was on a Zoom call listening to the band at the studio in Nashville. And being able to say to them, you know, oh, let's try this or try that. Then mm -hmm. I did the vocals up here. And then two great guys in L.A. Um, produced my second single. And I put on the, oh, we FaceTime to do the vocals together. It's crazy. Um, isn't that crazy? Like, I never yeah. would have thought to do that. And they've been, I just, anyway, the best. And a, yeah. a third single coming out. And my friend produced it in Nashville, too. So. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Those, it just opens your mind to the possibility. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some software out there that I've been using a little bit called Gemulus, and uh, it's been around since 2006. And what it yeah. is is supposed to be quote unquote real time communication between musicians. And it's oh. a software you install it, and then you can get a little tech nerdy with it and make your own server. And that's sort of, and then everything needs to be wired in, like no no Wi Fi. Um, my band would be practicing here in my basement, and our keyboard player would be in Oak, Oakville, no, Burlington, where it's the same spot. And uh, he would be playing along with his keyboards okay. and then communicating back to us. And the sound was, was better than any Zoom conversation, any oh. Facebook. And um, I could technically link that system up with my Pro Tools rig and record it, and then it would line up, have to line up a little bit later. But you could almost do live recording, like in Sorry. that state and it's yeah. been around for almost 10 years that's crazy like and is that is there video with that or is it more just no a, it's just audio here. it's just audio, audio. Yeah. and yeah. i tried it and i had my mic like this and i'm talking and i can hear my voice in my in my headphones and i pop onto like a public um server and a guy comes on he sounds exactly like he's talking on a mic i'm like hey and he's like hey how you doing i'm like pretty good oh good and it's like we're having this conversation without any sort you know how usually the zoom is like you have that zoom lag and it's like yes yes but this actually right now seems pretty fast, but sometimes it's like, and then you wait for someone to talk, but there's, um, it's like, and his fidelity was unbelievable. And I was like, my wife was sitting on the couch and she, I'm like, oh my God, my head's exploding. And she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I, 
this, ah, this is the future. This is what we're doing. This is what's technology happening these days. <laughs> and it's like, like I said, it's old. It's old. It's old technology. Well, that's pretty amazing. It's been around so long. Huh? Yeah, check it out because it's a good thing if somebody has a Jamulus setup uh, at the studio, you could just sing into your mic. It would go through Jamulus and go right to track. You wouldn't have to yeah. worry about any yeah. fidelity issues or. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so do you have a band up here or do you just put a band together? I don't have a band. Mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, like I said, I just use the, you know, the studio guys in Nashville, these guys in LA and it's just me. So this is the thing when it goes back to live, live music, I'm going to be like, Oh, I guess I need players. Yeah. So I'll figure that out. Well, if you need a bass player, I did play in the, uh, Wilkinson's for two shows. You did? I did. Yeah. Amanda oh, and Tyler Wilkinson are very yeah. good friends of mine, actually. I, I love I love. Uh, yeah. I met Amanda before. Yeah, yeah, but I, I used to love their music. I worked with the Small Town Pistols. I was their tour manager for like five years. You were? Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. Tyler. Cool. Yeah, and we did. Uh, we did a couple of shows. I ended up just playing bass with them. It was kind of cool because it was with the dad Steve and everything. And yeah, it that you know it's cool. Love or hate them, they're good people. No, yeah, good, no, good people. Oh, yeah. I listened to that when I was in high school. I remember being like, "Oh, I just want to, I just want to do what they're doing." Yeah, I know, and that's a crazy story. Like, they they picked up and moved to Nashville and lived on the bad side of town and made a single within a week or something. Like, they had a record deal like very fast. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have a unique, you know, unique story with the whole family yeah. playing together and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Don't get any crazy ideas because it only, I think, it would only happen once in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just gonna go live poor in the bad side of town in Nashville. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's um. Yeah, for sure. Music is a. It's a. It's a. Oof, it's a vicious. Ugh. <laughs> oh, a vicious. Ugh. Ugh. I don't know. There's parts of it that you're like, oh man. It's like you know, because I've I've played music my whole life, and there's types of there's times where you're like, you know, I kind of like doing it for me now. You know, I enjoy doing it for me. Mm -hmm. And the unfortunate part is I'm writing better songs now at 50 than I did at 30. And there's, you know what I mean? There's a sort of oh, ageism kind of thing going on. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I know that songwriting gets better with age. Like what's your thoughts on all of that? I absolutely agree. You have to write for yourself. And it's so funny because even starting out in songwriting years ago, People would say that. It's so interesting because they would say that yet, you know, when you're writing for commercial music, you're kind of, you know, so you're half yeah. listening to that because you're yeah. like, okay, yeah, but so-and-so is looking for a song. So I want to write like that or I want to yeah. create that. But at the end of the day, ah, you must write for yourself. That is the only way you're going to get anything good. And again, that's coming back to me being my <laughs> teacher, my music and my yeah. because yeah. truly, I swear to you, when I started, first of all, any songs in the past that have ever resonated with me that I insist on playing over and over and over again, or the ones I wrote by myself that I was not even thinking, oh, so-and-so is going to love this, or this is going to be smash. I was like writing it because I needed to, and it felt mm -hmm. great. And I've just decided that's all I'm going to do. And I feel like that's where I've got the best success, would you yeah. say? Like, you know, where I get the best feedback or the best... Who cares? I feel I feel the best with it as a result. Though. Absolutely. If you're not, there's a lot of stars that need to align in writing a song that not your that just that not just because you love it, but millions of people might love. You know, mm -hmm. there needs to be some sort of like someone asked me, um, "What does it take to make a a hit song?" And I said, "You have to have fifty thousand people that think like you." 
you know. And when you mm. sing to them, they need to think like you while they're listening. And that's how you can resonate with a mass of people. And to me, I came up with an arbitrary number of 50,000. If 50,000 people are all thinking the same thing, it can create a movement for more than just 50,000. You could have 500,000, 5 million people all thinking the same way. You think of how the Beatles, you know, how they, you know, they spoke to a certain type of demographic and maybe that was only 100,000 people, but it changed music history. And so that to me is sort of my theory on how, how is a hit song a hit song? It's, well, you have to have people who think like you in a way. Totally. I mean, and thinking about the Beatles, what, like, who do you think they were thinking about? They were probably thinking about themselves because Am I right in that they were very yeah, revolutionary and th- that they changed their way of music so they weren't going, oh, let's do what everyone else is doing. They were probably saying, oh, man, let's let's figure out what it is we want to... Like, what, what are the issues we're dealing with in our yeah. lives? I think in the I, early days, they were writing songs like 50s rock and roll songs and, re- and think, obviously Little Richard and all like the early days of rock and roll. But then they realized, and they said what we're talking... I think we were talking a little about it but just before, about they became smarter with what they were writing to be able to morph what they had done into something new, but still the same, you know, and that's, that's another, if you could put that on like a a technique and say how to do that, how to, you know, to reinvent yourself several times over and over again. Yeah. Right. You know, unfortunately the part is that you need to have a a limit, like a massive amount of success to be able to have a a a group of people to follow you to be able to quote unquote reinter, you know, do it again, exactly. To do it again, you know. I think of people when they come back, it's the comeback. You're like, well, yeah, but they they haven't left. You know, you look at like I was listening to an Eddie Eddie Murphy was on a podcast and he's like, I just sat on the couch. I wasn't gone. Like, you know, I knew what people thought, but I just didn't want to do anything. You know what I mean? Like it's not a comeback. It's just I just started doing stuff again. That's right. Is right. Taking a little break. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. He said it was like a. It's like I'm gonna take a year off, and it turned into six. <laughs> That's because you get you lose that momentum. Yeah, right. Momentum is a big thing when you just you're on a roll. You got to stick with it. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you put yourself in a regiment for writing, or does it come like come in spurts, and then? Yeah, it comes in spurts. Um, well, it's a, some of it's based on time. What do I have time in, yeah. in my week for? Right, with yeah. the busyness of life, but um. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that regimented. No, I, cause it, it could strike at any time, but at the same time, you also have to leave that open space for it. I'm with you. Yeah. So, I listened yeah. to Dan, a Dan Hill interview years ago and he said, I write every day, wrote, wrote something every day, yeah. whether, whether I wanted to keep it or not, it just keeps, I don't have time for that either. Like who does, who has, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess Dan Hill does, but, uh, you know, there's sort of like a technique that. You know, and I, I tried that, you know, after, you know, I tried it a few times and it kind of worked for maybe a week, but then you start getting blocked and you're like, okay, I'm overthinking things. You know, if you can somehow throw out what you did and not be affected by the fact that maybe you haven't written something good in the past five days or whatever, maybe, maybe then you can, you know, I had too much uh, self, I didn't have anybody telling me like, oh, that's really bad or that's really good. And sometimes you need that, right? Like. Yeah, you do. I, I definitely do. I, I just need someone to bounce things off of. Yeah. Um, but you're interesting. You also have to know yourself as a writer. Like you say, like I do know people who write three times a day, Nashville writers, and it's and no big deal. And I yeah. think to myself, whoa, I have tried the like, keep your head down and do it nonstop. And it 
I just burn out so easily. And I just, then like, what's the point? I'm just coming up with ridiculous dumb yeah. stuff yeah. just for the sake of doing it. So I know myself that if I've learned that if I give myself space, when the time comes, it is worth waiting for or, but at the same time, you can't just set it away forever. You do have to sort give yourself that one, you know, yeah. Oh, give it a try at least like see if there's something there. Right. So yeah, you kind of have to know yourself. Yeah. I've made my whole career on procrastination. That's my, uh, <laughs> it's been like, yeah, I'll do that later. And then when I do it, I do it like crazy and then mm, I drive yeah. everybody nuts. And then I, you know, but my big problem is, and this is like a thing with everybody's got this problem who has their own little studio in their basement. You never finish it. I never finish it. Oh, I, I never get to the part where it's like, you know, I used to like have a space I'd go to and be my studio and I would sit there and I'd write and I'd record it and I'd have try to keep the memory while I was on my way down there. Then I would write it and I'd play all the instruments and then I'd try and write some lyrics and the lyrics would either just fall out or not. And then usually I'd stuff a bunch of words in there, but I had something to come home with, you know? Right. But there was a commitment of getting in my car, driving down to the thing, setting up stuff, put, do, putting it away after, and then coming home and then having a song out of it. That doesn't, I don't know, that's, a, that's very hard to explain, but it's, um, I almost need to have like a, I don't know, maybe drive around the block, like try to recreate the whole thing somehow. I, I, I you need almost those, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Parameters. You need that. Okay. You need, almost you need someone else telling you, okay, between these hours and these hours, I need you to have this done. Cause yeah. otherwise I have, uh, uh, probably a hundred songs that don't have words. <laughs> you know? Oh no. Yeah, no, they all have melodies, no words, no words. And I have hard drives full and it's like, I have, you know, occasionally I'll pull some of it out and, you know, I had a songwriting, my buddy would help me who played in a band with me and he was very lyrical and he just got out of music and it's really tough to get someone who doesn't want to be into music anymore back into music. Oh, I bet. Just for the sake, like, hey, come write some words with me because we had a great chemistry. Like we would just write songs and lyrics and have ideas and some of the greatest songs we ever played in a band with songs that we would write together. And I just, I'm missing that part. You know, I need that. You know, and I, that took years to develop, right? That's right. There's that comfort level that you get with someone, or at least the rapport. Yeah. 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 Do you write with other, you write with, do you have a songwriting partner or do you sort of switch it around? Like, how do you? Yeah, I do switch it around. I actually met some really cool people. Again, the whole virtual thing. I did a workshop with Bonnie Baker, she's an amazing songwriter in Nashville, and she hosted a workshop online it's back in November. And I met some really cool people, virtually met some people. Yeah. And so we've been, you know, a handful of people just been Zoom writing maybe once a week. I do that. And yeah. um, also reconnected with, again, with some, do you know, Kelly Prescott? Yeah, thanks really. And singer. And we've been, we did some writing and Patricia Conroy and um, who else have I been writing with? But yeah, I'm not, um, I read somewhere Lori McKenna writes like every day online twice a day or something like that she's a very prolific writer mm -hmm. but for me i think once a week otherwise again i can't quite it's overload yeah are you familiar with the works of gordy sampson he wrote yeah, I know Gordy. Jesus, yeah, or, yeah 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 he wrote he wrote some songs he doesn't remember that are on the charts like he's written songs oh, yeah because yeah, he would write same thing he would just there was a i don't know if it's even these days but there was times where yeah he'd write three songs a day and uh they end up on the radio and it's like, that sounds, I think I wrote that. <laughs> like, you know, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Good problem to have. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I know him. I don't know him personally, but I know because he played Ashley McIsaac's band too. So I know all those guys like Stuart Cameron and and Ashley and yeah, yeah. Oh, I met Gordy years ago, but um, he wouldn't probably remember me. But no, I no. honestly think I was at his house. I mean, that would that would go to say that I have met him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to get him on the show, and my my buddy Stuart Cameron still in touch with him. I said, I just I just love his music so much. Can you just see if he'll do the show? And he's like. Yeah. He does nothing. Like he doesn't. He won't do it. I'm telling you, is what he says. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm sure, right? I guess you know at that stage, you just you know you know what you do well, and you stick with it. Yeah. I don't know. And just don't branch out. But hey. Yeah. I mean, just telling stories of Ashton McIsaac, he could do a whole podcast. Just he doesn't have to talk about himself at all. Just talk about crazy Ashton McIsaac stories. That's all yeah. I need to. <laughs> I bet those are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Ashley's nuts. He's even he's crazier. Even now he's not a drug addict anymore. He's he's crazier than he was. I don't know anything about. I mean, I know his music, but I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I was his minder for a couple of tours, so I'd have to make sure he got the stage, make sure that he you know got off stage back to the hotel. Like that was your job. That was my job is just to take care of Ashley, and uh, they had a whole other tour manager just to do like the band stuff. You know, I want one of those. I want one of those people. Um, Minder. Lisa, it's time to go now. It's time to go. <laughs> exactly. And now I'm gonna take you. You know. Yeah, and you would say something like, "I'll go when I'm ready," and then yeah. I'd say, "Well, no, but it's you know, it's gotta make a time limit, you know, because the things we're doing is live, you know." Ah, all right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ashley would say crazy things like, "We'd get to stage." He's like, "I don't want to be on stage until it's time to play." So you need to time exactly from the hotel to the stage, through the doors, whatever it takes. Because as soon as I go, I'm a fiddle or start playing. I'm like, okay, like, all right. So I would actually time it. And we were like in Quebec City. Um, and I had to go to the hotel and back like three times just to make sure I got the timing right. Because oh he'd give gosh. me major shit if he was like, you know, a couple of minutes early. God forbid. How big was his career as far as like, where were you doing all this? Just early 90s, he was really, really huge. Like the only like superstar that played a fiddle, that's for sure. Um, oh, yeah. but he, he did a lot of drugs and had a lot of problems and, you know, uh, just some, you know, whatever, just did things that rock stars, they couldn't handle, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's, um, he's the craziest person I think I know. He wouldn't recognize me too. That's the funny thing. It's been almost 15 years, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, first time I met him, I picked him at the airport and I go to shake his hand. He goes, I don't shake hands. I'm like, okay. There you go. Off you go. Well, he needs- he knew something about COVID that we didn't. Didn't <laughs> yeah, <in> the Early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But for you know, I uh, yeah, I want so I need to get all the information of all the things that you do because you do some cool things, and uh, I think it should be uh, definitely mentioned in all of this. And uh, I appreciate you, you know, people that just keep doing it. It's insane, you know. I have so much appreciation for that. Yeah, I mean, I really, it's interesting because I've always done music. I've always had to do music. It's not really a choice, yeah. as you probably know as a musician. Um, but I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, raising kids and stuff, that's a whole thing. And that's very, very time and energy consuming. And um, and I've been teaching, so I was doing music lessons. Mm-hmm. But as of lately, um, my husband's just like, you know, you, you need to get, doing your music and he's been so supportive in that sense so i've been really thankful that my family is so supportive in mm-hmm. you know because you need that space to create and to sort of yeah you know, 
us out, right? So Yeah, I was listening to a Hugh Grant interview and he's like, it's kind of interesting not being the most important person in the room anymore when you're a parent. It's kind of an interesting... Uh, yeah, like they do not <laughs> care. that really puts it into perspective. Absolutely, yeah. I'm like, mommy, like, like the station locally was playing my song. I'm like, mommy's on the radio. And they're like, oh. Anyway, back to... You know, <laughs> it's like, this is exciting. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I my kids scare the crap out of me all the time. I'll be have my back turned and they'll come and tap me on the shoulder. I'll be like deep in like some sort of yeah. mind meld with art, and it's like, oh, like geez, there's nothing jumps you out faster than uh, having someone uh, you know tap you on the shoulder because, oh, Daddy, yeah. I need five dollars. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, totally for sure. I know all about it. Well, hey, let's yeah. let's uh, let's wrap it up because you know I don't want you to you know but uh, run out of time because I know you're in a time crunch. But um, let's again, go pick up the kids. Let's kids. not wait another four years to get you on the show again. I, I really oh. appreciate you uh, coming on and talking about it. And it was nice to we have a we have a I guess a common friend in Mr. Tim Whalen. So that's right. Yeah. Well, that's great. I really appreciate you having me and. Um, saying you know hello to all your listeners and yeah and i'll give you uh do you want me to give you my social media give it all yeah give, give it, it all give it all so to make it confusing for you my personal website is lisa marie music.net that's lisa marie music.net but i go by lisa McEwen. so mm-hmm. my instagram is lisa dot that's m-c-e-w-e-n dot music at lisa.mcewen.music and that's same with Facebook and stuff. And then if you want to learn more about music and mindfulness, you can go to musicandmindfulness.co. So I hope uh, if anyone has any questions or just wants to hear some of my music, I'd love to hear from them. So stay Sweet. in touch. Thanks. Okay, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. And that was Lisa McEwen, singer-songwriter, music and mindfulness guru of sorts it's fun talking having a you know someone come back after all those years it's been four years it's been great thank you lisa for doing the show i appreciate it and thank you everybody for shopping on amazon supporting the show thank you so much for supporting my work on patreon what else thanks for listening thanks for being around thanks for just sticking around it's been a hell of a year look i look a year starting you know the second year of the same thing the, uh, the big plague and uh, you know let's, let's hope things get better let's hope pray pray to whoever that this goes away so anyways I hope you're all having a great week uh, next week I think it will be a friend on the show an old friend and a new you know somebody not a new guest but an old friend as a hint there you go Big reveal coming up to uh, next week. What I'm actually working on. That's why I'm only doing episodes one every other week. Next week, I promise. I promise. I'm sure you're all waiting with bated breath. But uh, yeah, I've still got to build all the things out to make sure that this is like an actual thing. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week, and I will be here. I'll talk about you.